Hey, everybody, with so much changing out there in the economy with technology and other advancements, do you feel like your career may be becoming extinct? A few tips to stay flexible and avoid the traps and pitfalls like a white-collar ninja or maybe a blue-collar ninja, if that suits you better. Up next on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. After taking criticism for dragging his feet, President Barack Obama is now officially admitting that the attack on the Benghazi embassy was in fact a terrorist effort. Other administration officials from Secretary of State Clinton on down had used the term, but not the president, which Mitt Romney saw as a sign of Obama's dithering. But now spokesman Jay Carney confirms the president agrees the assault in which militants hit the Benghazi mission with mortars and grenades was a terrorist strike, even though he stresses investigations continue. Critics say it's Obama who'll have to answer for why U.S. officials failed to protect Ambassador Chris Stevens and the others from an attack on the anniversary of 9-11. Mark Smith at the White House. In his address at the U.N. General Assembly, Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad restated his push for a new world order. In the rambling speech, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad said a new world order is needed because the major powers were not really promoting peace. He also accused the West, without naming countries, of nuclear intimidation. Continued threat by the uncivilized Zionists to resort to military action against our great nation is a clear example of this bitter reality. The U.S. and Israel boycotted Ahmadinejad's speech on Tuesday. President Obama told the General Assembly the U.S. will do what it must to prevent Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. Julie Walker, United Nations. The presidential campaign was hot today. Both candidates were out on the road talking about the lower class. Too many Americans. Romney has a new ad in which he looks straight at the camera and says both he and Obama care about the poor and middle class. The difference is my policies will make things better for them. But stumping in Ohio, the president went back to Romney's caught on tape donor comments dismissing those who don't pay income taxes and depend on benefits. I don't believe we can get very far. Uh, with leaders who write off half the nation as a bunch of victims. Obama says he doesn't see victims, just hardworking Americans. Mark Smith at the White House. After a long battle with cancer, singer Andy Williams has passed away in his home in Branson, Missouri. He was 84. His career lasted more than 70 years, but Andy Williams will be remembered most for this one song. Williams told me in 2002 that he never got tired of singing it. If I had recorded, it's just an itsy bitsy polka dot, yellow dot bikini, that would have been kind of hard to do all every show. But Moon River is a great song. He was also known for his TV Christmas specials. Somewhere out there, Santa Claus lives, and we hope to find him. And his weekly variety show where he introduced the Osmonds. I'm Michael Weinfeld. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side, doing what we can on this show to help you and your loved ones grow healthier, happier lives. Uh, Welcome to the program, everybody. Today, we're going to help you get better employed. 
Um, apparently, that's a problem nowadays. I don't know if you've heard the news, but getting a job, keeping a job, finding a job, maybe not as easy as it used to be back in the day. It used to be in the day. Now, these young punks that are around me helping me put the show on, they don't remember the old days. But uh, it used to be that you could pretty much do anything and never get fired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it was never that way. But I, I'm only 43, and I have had a lot of career changes. And uh, for me, interestingly, it's been a very easy thing, not that I'm all that. It's just I, I like change. So because change is fun for me, um, I think this was easy. But I have uh, – this. Is, these are the changes I've gone through. I've been an ambulance Medic, EMT, I guess you call me. I worked in the news, got a degree in that. I worked in sales. I worked in a training company where we did leadership training and development, went all over the country training for them. I then quit because I couldn't stand it, wanted to get into that high-tech, crazy life of dot-com blow-ups. Did that uh, and blew one of those up in online marketing. Then I went to mediation, divorce mediation, nightmare. Uh, Got a master's degree in that, by the way. Um, And relationship coaching and did that for years. And now back, interestingly, to TV and radio, which is so weird. Full circle. Um, And interestingly, every step along the way, I saw like a bridge. There was always a bridge. Like me getting my news job was because I worked on an ambulance, and that just made sense. That was a natural segue because I knew how to chase ambulances because I knew how to drive them. So then I could get in the news and chase ambulances. So for me, it's been easy. But what we're going to talk about today is with an expert, Jenny Clark, who um, is just – and she's got an incredible list of credentials that will help us – to kind of sort through how to get a job. We're going to be talking about the mistakes that people make when trying to switch their careers, the traps they fall into. We're going to get into that and give you a bunch of tools by the end of the show for how to make sure maybe, first of all, how to know when it's time to maybe start shifting. The world's shifting. You might want to make sure you and your career are able to shift as well. Right now, um, it's pretty common to have people who are staying in the same field and also people who change their careers. But with this change, our producer Madison Allred gives her thoughts about the potential of future jobs. The question I always seem to be getting as I get older is, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Some young adults have already decided what they want. And in response, they get a smile and people think to themselves of how prepared and full of promise this young adult is. Then there are people like me. I know what I'm going to major in, but as far as after that, I just say that I have no idea. People's response to this is to always give you advice to look into jobs, get an internship, etc. The thing is that the reason why I do not have any plans is because I believe that there is no way to predict the future. Our lives today are constantly evolving because of technology. Jobs that are currently thriving today may be obsolete tomorrow. And what if you had banked your entire educational career on that one path? All of your work was for nothing. That job that I am going to have in 10 years might not actually have been created yet. Think about it. In the past, would someone have imagined that a company would hire one person to do all of their social media? Social media forces like Facebook and Instagram had just started and had not broken into the mainstream yet. My philosophy is to just become as well-rounded as possible with classes, majors, and jobs. For me, I am majoring in Latin American studies, but I am living in an apartment complex where all that we can speak is German. 
My job isn't broadcasting, but my favorite class is physics, and in my free time, I love playing music. Some may say that my life does not really seem like it has a focus, but I disagree. By being accomplished in all of these areas, not only does it make my resume interesting, but also shows that I am diverse and adaptable. When I graduate, I can go to jobs that interest me and will be able to bring unique talents to the table. I think that the future lies with innovation, and changing your career is the only way to guarantee that you will have one. Wow. You know, Madison,、um, you're messed up. <laughs> I mean that in the most loving way possible.、Oh, see,、thanks. in the old days, they would have said, oh, you're just wandering. You don't, you got to focus. Mm-hmm. And you got to find your niche, your niche. Exactly. And you got to just nail it because you're just wandering all over the place. You're probably going to have five degrees by the time you're done. <laughs> I found I feel like a grandfather. But you're saying, no, I'm, I'm diverse. I have a lot of things I like. And that's going to help me in the future to be adaptable and changeable. Yeah, I can capitalize on that fact. I like because it. Because just like for you, you know, where you were able to go from something like an EMT. To working in the news. Yeah. You know, if I, I could start out doing something and then what do you know? I could start out being a nurse and then. And then go、yeah. speak German Spanish <laughs> in some weird、uh, country. country. And then end up being the queen of the country. No, by marrying the king. Yeah. And then you can have a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Which would make it all better. Exactly. Sky, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. Okay, it'll never happen. Bryce,、um, <laughs> we joke with Sky because he really has all the capacity to be a doctor, and his family has their, their doctors. Every single one of them. But he has this other dream that he doesn't talk about except when the mics are off about dancing on Broadway. Talk about that for a minute. I, I don't know. I've just always been in, enthralled by Broadway. And, yeah. yeah, and if only you could dance, it would be a great possibility. I could dance. <laughs> dance. So, so interesting. Here's a guy that could do medicine. But you kind of need to decide, don't you? Medicine、and、or Broadway? Me- <laughs> medicine or Broadway. And medicine's something that you don't just, it seems like that doesn't convert to change as well. It's kind of like once you're in the program, you've got to stick with it. And then later you can do something else. BT, Bryce Tobin, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be some version of a HR consultant guy. So, really? So, pretty much what I want to do is I want to be the guy who shows up to the company and either fixes executive teams. Or fires them. Oh, you're the devil. And gets paid tremendously、yes. to do so. We call you the hacksaw. Yes. And interestingly, our guest, Jenny Clark, is somebody you need to talk to because she is a talent or optimization expert. So she will, you'd probably be working with her optimizing or、um, dissecting, dissecting certain parts of the company. That's a cool job. See, but you're very targeted. You know what you want for now. For now, until something else happens. Okay, Robert Sanders, what do you want to be, Robbie, when、This、you grow up? This is my、up? dream job right here. That or I want to go learn to lay concrete. That'd be pretty sweet. Hold on now. So your dream job is radio? Yeah, sure. The Matt、That's、Townsend、cool. show. And or laying concrete. Well, I don't know. There's just all kinds of neat things. You can lay a patio or a sidewalk or I don't、um, know. Yeah. They don't seem to go together. Oh, well. Uh, maybe you could do the radio show for the people laying the concrete. Well, actually, coming up after the break, I've got a little piece. I'll, I'll,、okay. I'll get into it. We don't want to get into it too deeply. Okay. It's interesting.、Um, change. So, as you're out there in listener land, do you think 
have you got it? Have you got the ability to adapt your career to the market? Um, in Madison's piece, she brought up the idea that who would have thought about social media? Not even an option. Like in my mindset, that wasn't even a possibility in my years at college. I thought for sure you could have a radio life and have a radio show or a television show and grow up in TV and be rich and famous like Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite. Nope. Apparently, that's not in the market anymore. A lot of those people are dropping like flies. So do you have the ability to adapt your career to change? Do you uh, even know what you want? Do you even know what your brand is going to be? We're going to be talking with Ginny Clark, president and CEO of Talent Optimization Partners, also the author of Career Mapping, Charting Your Course in the New World of Work. Up next, we're going to pick her brain right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Will a future doctor fix your clogged artery with a microscopic submarine? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Inspired by Isaac Asimov's science fiction tale, Fantastic Voyage, doctors have long dreamed of miniature probes that could travel through the body's bloodstream and treat illness at the source. But how do you fit propulsion, sensors, and a battery in a one-millimeter package small enough to work inside a vein or artery, much less a smaller capillary? Maybe you don't need to. Researchers from Korea's Hanyang University propose a different way to drive a nanoprobe through the body's circulatory system using magnetic fields outside the body. Combining external magnetic propulsion and control with external imaging scans to see where you're going means the probe can shrink considerably in size with unlimited endurance. Early tests in simulated arteries show the probe can be driven with a corkscrew-like propeller effect as well as moved up, down, and side to side all through magnetic fields. The corkscrew motion might also be used to cut away arterial blockages or clots without surgery. Or the probe can deliver custom payloads of drugs directly into tumors to treat cancers. The possibilities are, well, fantastic. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with the latest news and research in pivotal societal issues. There has got to be a way that we reduce our dependency upon Middle Eastern oil. BYU's Wheatley Forum presents the research of leading scholars and experts in current social issues and events. Learn, explore, and discuss the world around us with The Wheatley Forum, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Are we all working for a living? (laughs) Uh, I'm working because I have to. Just trying to survive the crazy thing we call life. Huey News. Remember Huey Lewis and the News? You remember that group? Oh, those were good days. Man, brings back some seriously good memories. Um, We are talking about careers and change. The world's changing. The economies are maybe changing. Life is changing. Are you? Is your career in a position where you are actually able, capable of making a shift 
to make it uh, have increase the likelihood that you can make your careers work or actually find a job today. As you look at your career, ask yourself, are you fulfilling the dreams you had as a kid? If you didn't quite make it, ask what stood in your way. Sometimes one of our own conflicting dreams becomes our biggest barrier. When I was about eight years old, the bureaucrats in Washington considered the Eisenhower interstate system technically complete, which is good because ever since I was about three years old, I've been geeking out about freeways. The Department of Transportation of my state wanted to rebuild the main freeway through town. So they went to Congress and said, we need some money because the Salt Lake City Olympics are coming. So Congress gave them a couple of billion dollars and they spent the next four years completely tearing down the freeway and rebuilding it. And while the commuters my parents' age moaned and groaned about ramp closures and long delays, I loved it. I went to the library and they put up this huge map on the wall which showed all the new ramps and flyover bridges, these new single-point intersections called spooies, these things called wick drains which leach the moisture out of the soil, about 80-year concrete. Oh, it was great. And I decided right there and then that I wanted to be an engineer. Until that day when I finally got my license and started driving on those freeways. As I'd speed along, the wind blowing in through the window, cranking up the car's radio, listening to crackly music on the one working speaker, I'd hear the DJs and the radio jingles. Just uh, 97. The best and I decided I want to be a radio. I don't know. Over to USANA Amphitheater this Friday. I gotta pick one? I don't wanna pick one. Can I be both? So I spent the last decade wanting to be both an engineer and a guy who's on the radio. And path of least resistance. Here I am, five or so radio jobs later, and I'm in right brain heaven. And I question that decision every single day. See, my left brain is getting bored. It whines, come on, let's do some math. Let's go online and look at some engineering documents. Let's go look at those dirt piles that they're grading from the new railroad bridge. From a career standpoint, it really puts me in a pickle because I like what I do. But boy, that grass sure does look green on the other side, especially the money green. Now, if I were to change my career now and become an engineer... I worry that I might make my right brain bored. And that's a lot more dangerous. Because while the left brain makes me want to go look at dirt piles, a bored right brain puts thoughts in my head like, Hey, man, you know what we should do? We should totally get a megaphone, take it up to that second-story balcony at the mall, and just start singing ad-lib parody lyrics until the security kicks us out. And you have a left and right brain, too. Now, deep inside your mind, you know what that struggle's like. You know what it's like for your kids and grandkids. Please, please tell me now. Should I be an accountant? You know, with a house and boring mortgage. Or should I be a photographer with a used sofa to sleep on in the garage? And once in a while, a person does decide to shift gears and change careers, but... What age is too old? 30? 40? 75? How exactly would a person go about completely changing what they do without feeling like, career-wise, they're setting the house on fire as they drive away in the U-Haul? Wow, Robbie! 
Rob Sanders and his two brains. Uh, I had no idea, Rob, that your right brain was a surfer and your left brain was a mousy accountant that talks really fast. That was interesting. Get on mic, my, uh, Rob. I want to ask you something. Okay. Because this is um, – that's – you have a quandary. Yeah. Do I go with the surfer lazy right brain that's just going to talk like a California boy? Or – sorry. <laughs> or do I go with my accountant left brain that would make you um, enjoy concrete? Yeah. It's more money in concrete. Yeah. But but, look. but here I am. And, and that's what's interesting is it wasn't the dollars that I chased right away. No. And it's the ladies. You did the radio for the ladies. Yeah, look how well that's working out <laughs> for me okay, here. Okay, it was a nice try. <laughs> so we're going to bring on Ginny Clark because Ginny's going to help us with this. Now, Rob, you've got to listen because Ginny's going to help you figure out how on earth to balance the two. Ginny Clark is the president and CEO of Talent Optimization Partners. She um, has been a kind of a, a coach a consultant, a leadership coach, a career management expert for years. She's the, um, been providing services for organizations, helping companies to optimal, optimally leverage their global workforce. She has worked with numerous companies, including Bank of America, Freddie Mac, Dell, Microsoft, CDW, Navistar, Hyatt, and Marsh. And for nearly 12 years, she successfully recruited professionals in a variety of senior-level positions. She's also the author of the book, Career Mapping, Charting Your Course in the New World, which was released in August. Uh, has an MBA from Northwestern University, Kellogg's Management School, I believe. Uh, Ginny, are you there? Welcome to the program. I'm here. Thank you so much. Well, it's good to have you on. Now, did you hear Rob, our producer's quandary? So it's trying to figure out kind of almost the practical side of your life versus kind of the dream side of your life. And it's kind of yeah. – it's it's left Rob in, in an in-between position. Oh. But he's cute as can be. Well, I bet, and probably has a sweet puppy face right now. He trying totally to figure it all does. Out. I wish people yeah. could see it. Well, you know what I've done is to combine the fact that I changed careers. I'm in my fifth career. I don't mean job. I mean career. Yeah. So I went from being a um, a college recruiter. I studied French and linguistics in college. I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, was a recruiter. Went to graduate school. Went into banking, then commercial real estate, hmm. then executive search. And now I have my own consulting business, and I'm an entrepreneur. Um, So during the time that I was an executive recruiter with Spencer Stewart, I um, kind of uh, ascertained the framework. And there's a methodology that recruiters use that a lot of people don't understand. And I realize I'm a systems thinker, and so I look at sort of qualitative elements and analyze them. And I looked at my life. I overlaid it against the way recruiters work. And I came up with a framework within which I want people to look at their lives at different stages. Excellent. So that's what's in my book. It's it's basically a map that you, it's self-directed, you've got to do it, no one else can do it for you, and you plot where you've been historically, and you kind of pull apart the elements of the industries, the functions, the roles that you've done already, and then you lay out some of that aspirational stuff that you think you might Mm. want to do. You know, what does it take to be a surfer? Athletic ability, um, free time. It takes a lot. So you kind of put some of those things down. Long hair. Tan, right? (laughs) Tan. Um, The ability to tan nicely. There you go. The posture. and so, So you put down all those different pieces, and then you begin to plot how do you get there let's say that that's what you want but what are the gaps between that's what it requires and and what the, what you've really got so it's and not so really it's about a job is it it's more just about kind of the inherent like uh skill sets or parts yeah. of every job through your history 
that's it. Can can then be yeah. optimized into a current career today, but then all of that can be transformed not into another job, but into from career to career. What you those want go it with to us. Be. Yeah, yeah. This is and so that's the cool part. It's, yeah. it's creating. So one of my favorite stories is a guy came to me several months ago and said. He had lost his job in the real estate industry. He had a JD MBA, really well educated, who worked about 18 years. And he had this long face, and he was really anxious and frustrated. And I said, What did you want to do when you were 10? And he said, Well, I wanted to, I can't play Major League Baseball. I said, uh, No, not at 40, you can't. But, um, but think about it baseball is played on what? Real estate. Right. Land. There's a whole business around stadium management, the concessions, the maintenance. I'm not saying the maintenance uh, yeah. of it per se, right. but it's a big business. Yeah. And so I said, you've got real estate skills. Take them out of the real estate industry and see if you can't transport that into something that you've always loved. Yes. Well, long story short, he ended up going to work for a university in their real estate group. Excellent. Okay, See, it's, a lot of and it's leveraging have it. lots and lots of land. Totally. Then you're not losing everything you've been or everything you right. wanted to be. There's, there's got to be a way to make it fit. But you have to do it. You have to see it and then help other people um, help you get there. So you can't just say, well, you know, people would always come to me as a recruiter. What's out there? And I would say to them, there's <laughs> a lot out there. What do you want? I love that. Yeah. I mean, cause I, yeah, yeah. I, which, I can get you a thousand jobs, but which is the one that's best and what you want? But people don't want to own, they don't want that to take, have to take responsibility, and that's yeah. part of the message in my book. I'm saying, know that you're a free agent. I don't care if you work for the same company for 30 years. You still need to have the mindset that says, if they shut down business today, you're prepared to go do something else, and you've chosen what that is. So it's all about that. your self, um, you know, self-empowerment and selection and clarity about what you want. The free agent thing, it's kind of like, I guess, though, you're getting pushback. People don't like that. They kind of just, can't, can't I just be a cog? <laughs> just place me in the cog. But you're saying in today's economy, you've got to be a, a free agent, able, willing to change, adapt, to flow yes. into other things. Yes. And, and in fact, levels. invent other things. That's right. Love it. Right. And, and it's very, it's really kind of cool. I mean, you, you know, we look at the Groupons and the Facebooks and those, you know, billionaires mm-hmm. who've uh, created something out of nothing. Lucky. Well, we're not, well, lucky, yeah, yeah they, they so had a lucky. vision. We're not right. all going to do that, but nope. we're all not seeking that kind of money and grandeur either. Right. There's plenty of things that, it's, to me, it's, it goes, comes back to what has meaning in your life? Why yeah. did we come here? I think we all have a special a gift that we're supposed to um, bring to this life. Yeah. And and so it it takes us. It, different people find it at different phases in their lives, but but it is incumbent upon you to try to find that and tap into what it is that you really love and what you can do well and how you can serve others. I think that's it's it's just it's not only uh, kind of practical. It's 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 such an empowering way of looking at your own career because you, you yeah. are here to serve and. You're, you may not, you know, being a billionaire that invents this Facebook or whatever, that's one thing. But you could also have just as much joy being everything you wanted to be. Like your friend that got into the real estate at the university or your client, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's empowering for him. Rob right. being able to figure out a way to somehow mix his radio news background into his love of roads, it's got to exist. Got to. And, and uh, it would probably just ignite the passion within him. Right. Which I we mean, wouldn't you know, know what to I do love, with, by the way. 
Well, so here, let's be creative for just a minute. Yeah. You know, what if you worked for a cable company? Now, I don't know if you want to, because there's, there's this whole, it's not so much cable anymore. It's all this, you know, fiber or yeah. whatever, the stuff that they're using. But what if you got into that? And maybe you don't lay it exactly, but you understand the real mechanics of it. You sound like somebody who wants to get their hands dirty, right? And then you come to understand how this all translates into the conveyance and, and the communication that uh, that creates these radio waves yeah. that broadcast. Well, I mean, and, that, and that's ex- and and I was we've talked to Rob a lot about going on and being like the information officer for a Department of Transportation and getting in that? and being a spokesperson. Or, I, I mean, there are you're saying there's there's no end. You just have to be willing to get creative enough. Exactly. So when we come back from this break, you're going to walk us through the five traps. And these traps will help us to kind of unleash and create some of this creativity, to ignite the creativity. That's it. Okay. We will be back with Ginny Clark, president and CEO of Talent Optimization Partners. You can get a hold of her, by the way, at Ginny at talentoptimizationpartners.com. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Tantara Hour with Ron Simpson showcases some of BYU's most talented musicians and performers from both on and off campus. Listen to some of the best music that BYU has to offer. Join host Ron Simpson for the Tantara Hour, weekdays at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. With new polls suggesting President Barack Obama has an edge in key swing states, his campaign team is optimistic, but still cautious. A series of polls finds a narrow Obama lead in Florida and a widening one in Ohio, states Romney almost certainly needs to win. A new Quinnipiac CBS News New York Times survey puts the president's edge in Ohio at 10 percentage points. Aboard Air Force One en route to the state, spokeswoman Jen Psaki told reporters campaign chiefs aren't too whipped up about that and are still running like they're five points behind. But she adds, we'd rather be us than them. Romney's camp uses football's term for celebrating too soon, saying Obama's team is spiking the ball on the 30-yard line. Mark Smith at the White House. Army soldiers will be standing down tomorrow for suicide prevention training as part of an effort to stop more troops from ending their own lives. The Pentagon's been struggling to handle a spike this year in troops killing themselves. Suicide is an enemy we have yet to defeat. Sergeant Major Raymond Chandler, the Army's top enlisted soldier, says tomorrow will be spent making sure troops and their families know the programs available to them and helping ease any stigma that keeps suicidal soldiers from seeking help. It is recognizing that it takes uh, strength to say, I need some help. Soldiers on combat duty in Afghanistan or serving in hospitals will schedule their training when possible. Sagar Megani at the Pentagon. A one-star general is facing charges for illicit sexual activity. 
Two defense officials say Brigadier General Jeffrey Sinclair has been charged with forcible sodomy, adultery, and having inappropriate relationships with female subordinates while serving in Afghanistan. Sinclair was a deputy commander with the 82nd Airborne Division in Afghanistan before being sent back to the U.S. in May because of the allegations. The officials say Sinclair is facing possible courts martial for charges that also include having pornography and alcohol while deployed. Sagar Magani at the Pentagon. Egypt's newly elected president has made his first address to the U.N. General Assembly, focusing on the Innocence of Muslims video and his desire for Palestine to be recognized as a state. Mohammed Morsi, who is an Islamist, told world leaders through a translator that while his country protects free speech, it condones the anti-Islam movie Innocence of Muslims. Not a freedom of expression that targets a specific religion or a specific culture. The new president also told the General Assembly Egypt is for a Palestinian state. Egypt will work so that this Arab nation would occupy its rightful place in the world. Morsi also said he won't rest until the war in Syria is over. Julie Walker, United Nations. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, listening to a little lover boy. Everybody's working for the weekend, right? Except those that uh, are in a career change and cannot get it to work and are now stuck and are no longer working. So we are talking to an expert, Jenny Clark, who's the president and CEO of Talent Optimization Partners. You really need to go check out her website, mycareermapping.com. If you're in the mood or in the moment where you need to make a change, because Ginny and her group there can help you work through that. Ginny, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. You bet. Thanks for being with us. And help us now. Okay, so we let's just say we're at a position where we know we need to change. We need to make the career move. What are the steps? You, you talk about some um, traps we tend to fall into. What are the things we need to watch out for, and what are the things we need to do? Yeah, the first one, I think, is really thinking that you have to stay in the same industry or function that you've been in. That's, that's the, one of the biggest yeah, you, mistakes. Well, this is what I've always done, or this is what I went to school for, and this is what I need to do, right? Well, no wonder Wrong. you, yeah, how do you find, yeah, and especially if there's not jobs in your industry, you're done. You made a bad career decision 20 years ago, and, but you have to, you're saying you have to adapt. Time to find you, a new you area. You have to adapt, exactly. You have to, and, and that's why I keep going back to, understanding the competencies that actually takes me to the second point but sort of i always use the term deconstructing so it's taking apart the different elements of what it is that you've done and understanding that those things are transferable think of it as transferable skills Mm -hmm. it's those portable elements of the competency pieces of what you've done so strip away the titles and the things are unique to the industry or function and those are the pieces that you carry like Great analytical skills, great organizational skills, yeah. great um, leadership. I'm, I'm giving conflict the resolution, people skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those things that I'm so talking competencies about. really are in the end what we're selling when we're trying to get a job more than career or even career history. Listen, this is one of the most important things I'm going to say the entire time we're together. Yeah, competencies trump experience. Love that. Competencies trump experience. If you know how to articulate your competencies, 
you can beat somebody out. It's the way I've changed careers five times. I didn't know anything about the commercial real estate industry when I was sitting in the banking industry. Right. I didn't know anything about executive search when I was in commercial real estate. But I was able to talk about some of the things that were related that I had done and, you know, business development skills, organizational skills, the, the interpersonal and networking, the business acumen, knowing how to study and understand a company. Uh-huh. All these things are, are the things that people need. And if you can break that down for them and show them, because no one's going to look at your resume and go, oh, I bet I could see you doing You've got to be able to tell them and break it apart and give it to them in those competency pieces that they can understand. Well, I, I think that is brilliant because I, I look at all these students like at Brigham Young University where they're, they're gaining. I guess a degree, but they're right. also getting some competencies, and they're doing internships. And inside those internships, they're ga- they're gathering competency. So, sell your competency, not just your degrees and your history of careers. It's love. That's it. right. And and for for you, for your students too, you don't have a lot of experience from which to have developed deep competency. Right. So, so I would suggest that a nice um, sort of substitute or proxy for that is going to be passion and mm. interest. And, and willingness, that, yeah. Well, and that's real because that means you're willing to go do the work, to learn it, to study it. And you can say, look, I don't, I don't have all the deep skills. I have a lot of knowledge because I'm committed to this. I, I've invested a certain amount of time understanding something about this industry or this function. And, and that can take you a really long way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it also, um, it seems like this is opening up your mind where you now, it's kind of like you now have a tool set that's portable with you. You take your competencies now and you go everywhere where a career was like, kind of like buying a home. You had to set your roots down and your home stays. This is more of like a mobile unit. You can take all these competencies with you and travel to another area. Right. That's Love exactly it. right. So you're saying, okay, first they have to – you don't have to stay in the same industry or function. You're now movable. You have to right. then be able to articulate your competencies. Now, in your yes. book, do you give a list of competencies or do these need to be like individually discerned? Um, they actually need to be individually discerned. Uh, that's the best way to do it. Another way to do it is um, go online. This is a, as opposed to sitting around applying for, for jobs online. Right. Do go and look up job descriptions ah. that interest you. And very often you'll find embedded in those job descriptions specific competencies that they're looking for. Excellent. And so I'm suggesting that you kind of mix and match and create a prototype based on the different pieces that you've taken from the various um, job descriptions that you've looked at in those areas that interest you. Love it. Then the next one was uh, is what about? I guess you got to be careful of the questions you're asking. Yeah. Well, I'm. I, I really want people to wake up and and allow yourself to ask yourself what if. It's what I did when I got ready to leave um, my search firm, where I was in good standing. But I, I had this yearning. I had this thing that I wanted to do and get my book out and talk to people and and do consulting, and I kept thinking, I can't do that here. Mm. So it's the what if. And so I asked myself, what if I left? And it opened a whole door for me to go down that path. And so the, the whole mapping process, first you plot historically, then you plot aspirationally, and that's where you get to play. Yeah. Presume, just, just assume that there are no boundaries. It's like just frolicking when there's, you have no clothes on, right? Just running yeah. around, feeling like you're free. What if I could do anything in the world? What would it be? 
Oh, that's neat. And that's when you're 10 years old and you say, I want to be a firefighter right. or I want to do whatever. And then you begin to uh, sort of connect the dots back to what does that look like today, given that I'm 30 or 40 or 50 years old and I have this other set of things that I've done historically. I love that. It also seems like that's where your passion would start to you know, emerge. Now you're finding yeah. some motivator in you now. That's right. Something that can push and, you. And that's what allows you, once you find that passion now and you have those other pieces that I'm talking about, yeah. now you can go out and start telling people. And, uh-huh. oh, by the way, you don't have to have just one as a part of this mapping process right. on the aspirational side. There can be two or three things that you're kind of parallel pathing, and you begin to say, well, then you can get a little bit more grounded and talk about the, the real fe- feasibility of those possibilities. What do you Could do? I really do this? What do you do, Jenny, when... Um you know, the other side of your brain kicks in and the fear and the uh, uncertainty and having, you know, having bought into the historic belief set that, you know, yeah. you grab your career and hang on. Well, how do you yeah, get rid of some of that? Well, you know what, on the on the map, I have a template on my website, on the My Career Mapping mm-hmm. website that you can download and you can actually drop things into this, this framework that I'm describing for you. And in it, there are a couple of sections where we get very sort of personal um, around what are your fears associated with doing this thing. And it might be that the family would never uh, buy into it, right. um, that, it, that you won't make enough money. So write those things down and face them. And then realize, hopefully, you'll kind of realize that maybe that fear isn't as warranted. Yeah. Maybe there's not as much validity to it when you really stare at it and say, is, does this have to be true? And very often it does not have to be true. It's what you've forced yourself to believe based on all these years of whatever it was that you've learned or been told to believe. Now that you're grown and you have all these options and choices, you can choose to believe something different because you're creating it. Exactly. And it's, it's rational. I mean, a sure lot of what is. you're saying is you just ask the questions, gather your own data, and then you can actually test your hypothesis. Like, am I really going to be shunned by all of my friends and neighbors? Exactly. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Are my right. kids never going to be able to ever eat again or go to college? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, isn't it funny? We do self-sabotage, and a lot of it is just simply silly little thoughts that aren't yep. based in reality. That's so, exactly right. So, in fact, that so I, I'm on that on your site. If you go to mycareermapping.com, you can look at her map and go all the way through a bunch of different questions. It's powerful. I mean, it really, what it is, that you've created like a a protocol to kind of deal with all of the different, I guess, issues, or all the different um, walls that we would throw up. The obstacles, yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. Fascinating. That's okay, exactly so then right. we ask the what if, what if question. Let's say we, we so we kind of now know more what we want, then what? Right. What else gets in the way? Well, then you need to be able to convince somebody that that this is that you can do this, right? Right. You need to, I do a whole section on networking, um, and uh, before you network, you need to know what it is you're going to say. What are the words? What's your pitch? Mm. What is your sort of elevator pitch? And yeah. so I do a lot of workshops around this and um, you know, getting you to really distill down and talk in terms of those competencies. So it's not airy-fairy, just kind of, you mm-hmm. know, gee, I kind of think. No, I've thought about this, and this is what I'm really interested in. And you're very compelling because you've thought about it, and you're, you're standing in front of this person that is relevant to what it is that you need, and you know what you need or want to tell them if this right. is an interview. Well, you so want to sound smart thing. with these people, right? I mean, you've you got to be able to even talk their talk a little bit. Right. So and part of this is prepping. Going through, 
Yeah, if you're looking at the job descriptions, as I mentioned, and you're you know getting the language from the job descriptions and you're piecing them together, now you really know you've created this amalgam, this composite mm-hmm. of you know of what you look like that's based on certain other things that are more familiar to people. See, I, and as a person, I've interviewed a lot of people and. When somebody comes in with kind of that homework done, and, and yeah. you can tell that this job is very much connected to their life passion or their right. calling or whatever, all of a the sudden, they're different, aren't they? They are just so different in your eyes than the other it's, person that's just filling a hole right there. Exactly. Yeah, because the passion shines through, and you automatically believe and I was just with a hiring manager, the manager today, who said, you know, I'm willing to work with, I can teach somebody some of the basics exactly. if I see the passion in their eyes. Oh, yeah. That is so, so true. So that, yeah. And that's going to come out in you having a compelling pitch. A, compel, a compelling, and, and as I've seen, I've seen how to do these elevator pitches, you, you know, you might have a three-minute one and a one-minute one and a 30-second yep. one and a 10-second one. There you go. That's exactly right. And you work them through that as well. Good. And what's the last trap that tends to kind of catch us? Well, it's not knowing what your reputation or brand is. So not really knowing how other people have, have, have perceived you historically. Huh. You need that point of reference so that you can, in part, during your elevator pitch and, and more importantly, in, you know, in your actions, really demonstrate to people that you're not just one thing, that you're not one-dimensional. So kind of distancing yourself from the way you've been perceived historically, hmm. um, but you need to know what that was. What that was? So are you like considered the... somebody who's, well, are you lazy? Are you uh, aggressive? Are you, um, you know, I'm yeah. using sort of qualitative well, yeah. words, but, but so what are those, what's your reputation? Are you thought to be someone who's, um, you know, that just doesn't take things seriously and yet you want to become a professor? You're a joker. Um, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I guess and, we shouldn't be asking our mom, right, Ginny? Because your uh, mom will just think you're an angel. Oh, you're an I, angel, I don't honey. Know. Mine, mine was, <laughs> mine was pretty. Uh, she would pretty honest. She would have told you. You're the devil, Ginny. <laughs> it's interesting. So you want feedback though from people, I guess, in your industry, in your field. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, interesting. And that requires that you have a robust network. And I've got eight different kinds of people in the book, or categories of people. Uh, that should be part of your network. And that's what you use them for, to, to ask about some of these concepts off of them and say, you know, can you see me doing something yeah. like this? I don't know about you, but I've had people who said, ooh, Jenny, I don't, you, you say you want that. I'm having a hard time imagining you doing something yeah, like that. Now, that, that, yeah. uh, I'm not going to, I might not put all my faith in that comment, but I might at least take, you know, just consider it. Well, and well, say, if you well, hear it five times right. in one networking yeah, exactly. meeting, you probably ought to listen. <laughs> Exactly. They're trying to tell you something, Ginny. Um, yeah. I really think that's the, – the feedback is what we're, we don't get a lot of times. So I, it, it's interesting because your plan here is kind of like have a vision, but it, it's not enough to have a vision. You've got to kind of have enough feedback to know where you are. You have to. In relation and to the vision. Yeah, that's some self-awareness that you have to have and some humility and a willingness to listen and be self-critical um, because this whole process is built on self-assessment. And so you, you do need to understand how other people are perceiving you. Yeah. And, and I guess and what that should do is start to even energize you, change your path, correct yourself. I mean, maybe you might be saying, yeah, I guess sitting in an office all day talking to people may not be my strength. So, But then you just adapt your plan to something That's that right. might be better aligned. 
But it's funny how often we'll, we'll be so self-deprecating and self-critical and say things like, well, you know, I could never do that. Right. Or I'm, I'm not as good at, as, as you are at whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes I've had people say that to me, and I'm thinking, what are you talking about? You know, you're, you're great. And sometimes I wonder if they're not just fishing for a compliment. But I think we, we are sometimes too self-critical, and we need to listen to the positive feedback as well and take that to heart and say, you know what, maybe I am really good at this. I actually have always loved that. And I listen, I heard my third grade teacher tell me that I wasn't good at it, you know, when I was eight, and I've held on to that silly belief. Yeah, totally. That's why I don't do math, Jenny. My math teacher <laughs> we'll messed me over. over. I, couldn't do the, I couldn't do the flashcards fast enough. Um, but it really, I, I think it's, a, it's kind of a brilliant thing. It's, it's, it'd be interesting for me to see, and just maybe comment on this. You're a mom of a teenager, to me, I am. this seems like a really neat thing to go through with your kids. Yeah, it, it is. And, I, and I'm not as structured about it with my son because yeah, no. so, he's not going to sit down and take it. Right, you know, He's right. not going to just fill it in. <laughs> but, but I can tell you that uh, you know, it's been, I've been hard-pressed to get him to read my book. <laughs> I know. Uh, they never read your book. That's no, why I made an audio and I play me. it when they go to bed. Oh, That's smart. a great thing. They get it through osmosis, mm-hmm. uh-huh. right? It just drips right in. And then the next thing he knows, he brings home a new career. It's great. You really need to try it. Uh, I'm going to work on that one. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's a little but, trick. But uh, what I, I am doing with my son is kind of testing him, and he's, he says he wants to do filmmaking. And I'm saying, okay, perfect. if that's the case, then, you know, let's see how much I see you out there filming stuff. You know? Yeah, oh, by the way, I haven't seen much of that. I know. Um, but you know what? You're really good in Chinese. Um, how might you leverage that language skill that you've developed over the last five years of studying that? And video and games. you know what? And, and video games. <laughs> and maybe there's a way you're really good in math and science. Yep, exactly. And so let's tell you what, as you think about your majors, I think you should concentrate on some of the STEM because those are some of the things that are going to allow you to have the most options. So even if you don't want to be an engineer, maybe you take some coursework in it uh, to balance out the filmmaking coursework just in case that doesn't work out. Jenny Clark, great stuff. Uh, uh, really insightful and so appreciate your, your insight. As we're wrapping up, um, first of all, everybody should go to www.mycareermapping.com. That's uh, Jenny's company's website. Tons of great stuff there, activities, things you can go through. Um, you can also get her book, uh, Career Mapping, Charting Your Course in the New World of Work, which was released in August and, uh, Ginny, one more challenge. Give us a challenge. What's one thing that we could all do immediately to change our careers? You know what? Uh, ask yourself, what if? Mm. What if? What if ask I really did that. it? That's great. What if you really did it? What, what's the worst thing that would happen? Love it. Open that door and take a step into it. Awesome. Ginny Clark, president and CEO of Talent Optimization Partners. Check her out at www.mycareermapping.com. Ginny, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. You bet. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. microscopes to spot disease is common but can we spot diseases from 200 miles up in space this is innovation now bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas emerging technologies and the people behind the concepts that shape the future 
Satellite imagery has been used in common and uncommon ways for years. Weather tracking and monitoring crop growth and deforestation are well-known jobs done by satellites. Even uncovering lost cities and jungles and deserts for archaeologists is not all that surprising. But can such imagery also be used for medical diagnosis? That was the idea behind a research project conducted by scientists at Princeton University, searching for patterns in epidemics and their spread in the city of Naimi, in the central West African country of Niger. Using night images from a weather satellite, the Princeton team was able to match the change of brightness in city lights with the changes in migrant populations of seasonal workers and with statistics on seasonal measles outbreaks. Measles affects nearly 60,000 people a year in Niger, so managing the epidemic is critical. The statistics from these images lets health officials know when the peak season for measles is approaching so they can plan and time the start of vaccination efforts better and more effectively. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. For regular updates on BYU radio programming, sports, and other behind-the-scenes news, follow BYU Radio on Twitter. Just search for BYU Radio, hit follow, and enjoy our tweets on news, live updates on shows, and much more. Talk about good. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. We have been talking about career change and uh, just went through um, five traps uh, that can help or that to avoid as you're trying to change your career. Been working with Jenny Clark um, on that. Now, you don't always have to change your career. And one of our great producers here um, uh, who has made it a career of not of going against everything we teach um, Bryce Tobin has put together this thing. Now, basically, it goes like this. You've got a good thing going at work, right? Well, even if you don't, there's no way that it is as difficult as flipping your life upside down. Even if you don't think so, Bryce has some thoughts that he would just love to share with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. Why change? Change is dumb, it's scary, it's risky, it's not worth it. If you want to talk about the mistakes that career changers make, it's a short conversation. The first, only, and most important mistake you make in changing your career is the act of changing your career. When you change your career, you open yourself up to a whole host of bad outcomes. The garbage men may have to deal with trash all day long, but you never hear them worry about job security. As long as there's people someplace, they're going to have stuff that they want to get rid of. No unemployment benefits necessary for these guys. Or what if you have to move? That would be an atrocity. You have so much history where you're at right now, and everyone knows you and probably knows your parents. And that's nice, right? Your history is going to follow you everywhere you go. You don't want to make it work too hard now, do you? You'd also have to meet all these new people, maybe eat different kinds of food, and get invited to all these new local events that you've never seen before and don't quite understand. Whoever wants to do that sort of thing. Or what happens if you have to go back to school? Isn't that the whole reason why we get jobs? To never have to go back to school? Who would ever get permission to leave, taste the fruits of freedom, and then decide to come back? And all this new stuff is hard to figure out. A few years ago, all you needed to know was how to move the thingies on an abacus 
this and you could call it a day. Now there's all this newfangled technology and those psychology quacks have invaded with all their theories and ideas about people and how they think. Who needs all that stuff? Best way to learn is by doing anyways. And if you've already learned, that means you don't have to do anything anymore, right? And you never want to start bad habits. A career change may be the start of some awful cycle of changing jobs every three years. That's straight up chaos. And these change addicts make all these selfish excuses like, I'm not happy with where I'm at. I want my life to mean something. Or my boss is trying to get me to commit fraud. Excuses are like earlobes. Some people have more than others, but nobody ever cares. Ever. I don't know if they have rehab clinics for this sort of stuff, but they should. Can't these people just be happy with where they're at? All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Wow. Excuses are like earlobes. Where where did you get that? I made it up as far as I know. Some people have some people have bigger ones than others or whatever. That was just you're weird. You're welcome. In a good way. Um okay, so you don't think we should change. Um actually that's I'm totally being Cuz how was 5th grade for you? That was it was awesome. Okay. Why aren't you there anymore, dog? Uh cuz it's if I were there now, I would that'd be creepy. That would be way. <laughs> so they so that's a change they forced on you. Yeah, I mean, if change. they force you to change, you got to do it. Of course, you know, whatever. But it's funny. Um, I, you're not a real advocate of not changing, but you ha- you made a really good case. <laughs> in some in some parts, I think I did. Kind of kind of what I was going for was some of the things that people say, like, "Oh, I've lived here for so long." Yeah. So what? Yeah. Get I over it. Like, I don't see how the two are related. <laughs> I don't. Changing a career is probably better than staying in the same house and dying in the same house. Could be. Yeah. Some people do just stay in the same career and die. Some people actually die at work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, those are those are people that work, Bryce. It's, Some hey, people I, work. I I work. I think <sighs> that I just don't know how to. I don't know. It's the it's the earlobe thing. It's the earlobes. Uh, okay. So did you learn anything from our great guest? Are you going to change? You know. I've been working here since 2008. And let's just talk about what happened. I'm still here? Hot pocket. (sighs) Bryce broke a rule that you're not supposed to have hot pockets in the studio. In general, you're not supposed to have. Well, yeah. But he, by the way, and is on a diet and brought a hot pocket into the studio and then got caught. Red hot pocket handed. (laughs) And you've been here six years, four years. (laughs) Uh yeah 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 forever it feels and you're like. still breaking the rules still still a troublemaker. Well, I'm just letting you know. Okay, you're you've been warned. Okay, if I see another hot pocket or any of that orange cheesy goo on your chin when you come in from hot pocket land, you're out of here. Okay, just letting you know. As it is written, so shall it be. You too, Sky. <laughs> Sky never says much. <laughs> He's all right. Um. I hope you've learned something about uh, changing your career and change. I do believe sometimes you just got to do it and you got to be willing to do it. Loved having Jenny Clark on really go to her website. Great stuff there. Mycareermapping.com. She can give you the tools, the ideas. And again, keep joining us Monday through Friday. We play the show, of course, five o'clock Eastern time again, seven o'clock Eastern, a replay of the show and 6 a.m. Every morning, the show Eastern Time, I believe, will be on at 6 a.m. And uh, if not, just join us here again right here on the Matt Townsend Show, Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.